podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Mike Duffy. Thanks for choosing the Voices of the Vic podcast. But we must warn you, there is some strong language in this episode. After all, it is a Watford podcast. Nonetheless, we hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Voices of Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, Ben Aiton. Uh, ben joins me again to discuss another Watford performance. Now, for the first time in three games, it's actually we're going to be dis- dissecting a defeat, which uh, it's always good fun dissecting those, eh? But uh, Ben, how are you feeling after last night? Uh, just feeling gutted, mate, um, after last night. I was expecting a performance. I thought we were going to be up for it. Um, Going into the game after back-to-back wins and coming from behind, you would have thought we'd be high on confidence, momentum would be with us, but it was just a shower of shit last night, wasn't it, mate? It was. There was no fight whatsoever, which we'll get on to, uh, we'll get on to shortly. But uh, as, as always, in true fashion on Voices of the Vic, we'll start with the team lineups, And it, we, we were all sort of, before the match, we were sort of saying, well, why change it? If it's not broke, I, I, I've gone for that. Uh, saying again, but I've completely forgot what the saying is, so I'm not going to bother trying to say it. But basically, don't change a winning side, basically. So, the it, there was only one change. It was enforced. Um, Tom Cleverly coming in for Etienne Capoue, who I believe it's a hamstring injury. Don't know where I've read that. I think I read it on Twitter. Don't know how long he's out for. Hopefully not too long. Now, we have sort of... Um, we have sort of voiced our opinion on his performances, especially against Southampton and uh, other performances where he's not been at his best, but these are the sort of games where he comes alive, so already before a ball has been kicked in what's arguably the biggest game of the season, that's quite a blow already, did you not think then? Yeah, no, massively. Kapu, we've, we've spoken about this before, Southampton at home, he, he was uh, below par, wasn't he? He wasn't up for it. Um, it looks like he was maybe tired, all these games coming in thick and fast. Um but um, massive to be missing Kapu yesterday. He's the kind of player that you need in the middle um, to win the battles in the midfield. Um, they're the kind of games he's um, was probably put on his earth for. Um, mm. He's a warrior. He's going to fight for every ball. And we lacked that in the middle yesterday. I was surprised that Cleverly actually came in um, yesterday. I, w- I was expecting if anyone was going to come in for Kapu, I would have said it would probably be Chalaba for me. Um, so a big, big shot to see cleverly start ahead of him yeah yeah and I think you're not the only one a couple of people on Twitter said they probably would have put Chalaber in there but we know that cleverly you know he's got it in him when he wants and he's an experienced player that's probably the thinking behind it he's got more experience in these sort of games so perhaps the experience would take us over the line (laughs) that didn't go well Uh, but um, yeah I the only thing I would have said is the graphic that Watford put out it looked as if cleverly was playing alongside Hughes Uh, now normally I would have thought, well, if Kapu's out, surely you just, if you're going to bring Klebs in, drop Decoray to play alongside Hughes as defensive mids and then put Cleverly forward and let him push up with Troy because he will chase balls up top, Cleverly will, and he'll chase down um, lost causes and whatnot. Not onto the scale that Kapu does, but he will do it. So 
um, I was a little bit confused at that. But as the game sort of started and it went on, it looked like that's what they were doing anyway. So I don't know whether there was just a, an error on the uh, the graphics part. But yeah, that was the only enforced change. And, you know, not great when it's the biggest game of the, um, the, the season for you. But um, six minutes it took, Ben. You know, we, we, we often talk about post-lockdown how we've always started really slow. And you'd have thought that going into this game, it's the big game. Pearson knows that we start slow. The players can't afford to against West Ham because they are a good side. And I think I've spoken in the past on the shows, and I think we've touched on it previously, that I thought West Ham would always get out of it because West Ham seemed to have something about them that sort of almost says that they shouldn't really be in this relegation battle in the first place. So yeah. you don't want to start slow against West Ham. Six minutes on the clock, Antonio comes up. Pop straight through Foster's legs, one nil. Not the ideal start at all. No, but it was it was embarrassing to watch. To be fair, um, first half um, got me emotional. It almost brought a tear to my eye. I can't believe that this is the Watford team that we've we've watched over the years with a bit of fighting spirit, and there was absolutely nothing yesterday. It, it was embarrassing. Um, it was it was hurting. Um, that's why I'm probably feeling so gutted about the result now because, but like we said, this is probably our biggest game, biggest league game since maybe Brighton away in the year we got promoted. Well, I want to ask you something quickly. Was this game going into it bigger than the Norwich game that we won the other week? Yeah, 100%. Okay, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely. And we had momentum on our side as well. Mm. And to see that we, we came back from behind at Norwich and Newcastle, yes, it was slow starts, but we showed character and desire to turn it around. There was absolutely nothing yesterday. It completely lacked it. Um, for the first goal, um, for full-backs, well, for the first probably three, two goals, full-backs were at fault. Um, yeah, I thought, uh, thought Messina was poor yesterday. Uh, for the first goal, he had the opportunity to clear it downfield. It didn't look like he got a proper connection with it, and it took a, a nick off a West Ham player, then I think it was a West Ham player crossed it in the box, came off Cabaselli's chest into the path of Antonio and with his pace and power he, he, he just knew it was just going to go in one place, he kind of kind of winced a bit and closed your eyes thinking, oh God, please don't go in but <laughs> unfortunately Antonio's on fire isn't he since he came yeah, back from lockdown yeah. uh, but uh, once I'm on the subject of fullbacks, I thought both of them were absolutely shocking yesterday um, Kiko was bad. Um, I think Gary Neville touched on it yesterday. He he could see. He doesn't watch Watford week in, week out like we do. But he made the observation that Kiko isn't a defender. And yeah, I, I was going to bring that, that up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Kiko's not a defender at all. I think when we signed him, he played for Alves, maybe. Um, Alves, Spain. yep. He did yep. indeed. And, and he actually played right midfield for them over there. <laughs> um, so no idea why we've we've stuck him out the back because we're what could mate we'll do that yeah, to players <laughs> yeah because of course we've watched it. I like Kiko I think going yeah. forward is, is brilliant um, he's got the pace he's got the quality of whipping in a good ball but defensively he's very vulnerable and that's people exploited that yesterday look for a third second goal across it in the back oh. he had a six foot four um, midfielder towering over the top of him it, it was just it was bad to see um, I don't want to put too much blame on Kiko but You've got to put blame on Watford um, for playing him in that position. Maybe he, he looks like he's more comfortable going forward. And he he, he was to blame for the Southampton game. Um, 
he he gave away two sloppy free kicks early on, and then um, Norwich as well. Uh, Brenner um, yeah, when he scored, um, I think it was Hernandez got away from Kiko really easily, then played it to Brenner. He cut inside and popped it past Foster. So Kiko hasn't looked great at all um, since we've came back. He he was better Newcastle second half when it was overlapping saw. But we really need, I know we've talked about addressing the centre-backs, but we need to address the whole back four. The whole back four. Left-back, Messina, he was woeful yesterday as well. I think we need a left-back, a right-back, maybe three centre-backs in the summer. It, it's not good enough. Um, yeah. Not good enough at all. Sorry, no, well, gone, gone massively off, <coughs> off what we were talking about. No, we no, talking about un- honestly, <laughs> I, I think a lot of Watford fans will listen to that and agree with you. Like, it's so weird how this break has affected. We knew it had affected players. It's some differently than others. It might make other players better. It might make players worse. And like Messina, before in the regular season, we'll call it, when the fans are allowed in and whatnot, he was outstanding. He was yeah. gunning for possibly player of the season at one stage. He was absolutely superb. Um, and then... He's just not looked great. An observation which I saw, and the only reason I picked this up, is because a lot of the lads I know who are Aston Villa fans um, say the same thing about Tyrone Mings. Um, And Roy Keane picked it up about Tyrone Mings the other week. Messina was doing an awful lot of pointing yesterday. And as instead of actually going and marking that player, he thought, yeah. I know what I'll do. I'll just point instead so someone else can too. go. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. That first goal, no, the first or the second goal, it might even have been both actually, the second goal, he's got to be closing Bowen down for that cross. Yes. And that Soichek uh, headed it in. What on earth? Kiko's five foot eight, five foot ten, marking a six foot four blow. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But why he's allowing that cross to come in in the first place is beyond me we're not great in the air as it is so to allow crosses to come in which was an easily avoidable cross may I add to allow that to come in for starters was bad but I think both of them were bad and you you picked up on it I I was going to mention it anyway so I'm glad you picked up on it Gary Neville who was one of the best fullbacks in his generation for him to pick up and like you said he doesn't watch Watford week in week out but for him to pick up that um, he picked up within five minutes, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, Feminier is not a defender. But we've seen loads of players like that. Glenn Johnson sticks out in mind. Awful defender. Brilliant going forwards back in his day. But he could not defend to save his life. And yeah. I think Feminier, like you said, at Alaves, if he was playing right mid, what on earth are we doing in playing at right back? So it is an area that needs to be addressed. And unfortunately, we, um, we, we couldn't address those problems on, on the pitch, you know, six minutes it took Antonio to score that goal, which seems pretty easy to cut through our defence. And then that other goal that I've just described, where Bowen crossed it in and Sojcek scored, four minutes later, ten minutes on the clock, you're 2-0 down, we've lost the game already. The players just did, they didn't look interested from the first whistle. Yeah. But after Definitely. that second goal, you might as well have, Martin Atkinson might as well have blew up for full time. Yeah, uh, the players went up for it yesterday yeah. at all. Um, there was three danger men um, since the restart for West Ham. Bowen, Shawshank and yeah. Antonio. Within 10 yeah. minutes, they had two goals and an assist between them. Um, yeah. We can blame recruitment as much as we want and the players, but you've got to possibly put this down to Pearson as well for his coaching. Um, it was borderline non-existent um, yesterday, I'd say. 
Um, what do they do in training? Um, West Ham main threat is from crossing from wide areas. The players coming from uh, coming to the back post. What happened for the second goal was exactly that. What, what on earth goes on in training? Yeah. What do we do? What, allow them to cross and get a run on the back post and tower above Kiko. It's it's not good enough. Yeah, that might be why he thinks it's working because we're scoring all these crosses, but he's not clicked yet that it's actually against Kiko and it's Craig yeah. Dawson every time. <laughs> Even he was a bit quiet yesterday. I, I, I was uh, I was very surprised, but yeah, two nil um, at half. Was it two nil? Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it was three nil at half time. Talk to me it about that worse. third goal. I'm not being funny. Number one, why are we allowing him to shoot from there? And I believe that was on Feminia's side as well. And number two, and I'm sorry, but we've given him enough credit in this podcast, but Foster yesterday wasn't at his best whatsoever. I think the most, the best thing he did all game was making sure that Allah didn't make it 4-1, or 4-0, sorry, uh, in the second half. But, so firstly, why is he allowing the shot to go in there? And secondly, what's Foster doing, man? Like, what is he doing? I have no idea. Um, I have no words. They're calling it a screamer as well, yesterday. by the way. They're calling it a scream, mate. It, it was It crap. wasn't a screamer. It, 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 it was a shot on target. Um, yeah, exactly. It was a shot from distance on target. Okay. It's outside the box. Probably, I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think probably the players blinded Foster's view of it, but he didn't even no, move. Mate. He did this against Southampton for Danny Ings from outside the box. He yeah. didn't move. He, he thinks it's going wide. Yeah. He is. He does. He does. And and yes, you was right. It happened down Kiko's side again. Um, I, I want to point out another thing that Kiko did yesterday. I'm sorry. It, it seems like I'm just putting so much blame on Kiko, yeah. but it's, everything's annoyed me yesterday watching his performance in the first half. I think he lost the ball on his um, side and then he, fair play, he was trying to win it back, but he followed his man all the way over to uh, Messina's side. And then he was over there for at least two minutes and Gary Neville picked up on this as well, uh, yesterday and he was like, oh, what's Fem- Feminia doing over there? And then he was he even said that Husey had to fill in at right back just because Feminia's yeah. gone for a walk. Mm. <laughs> it, this it, is it. Like, it's, it's, there's no discipline. <laughs> exactly. I've got no problem if they want to get forward. But... Um, if they're not tracking back, then, you know, that what's the point in going forward? And it just seems very lazy. And, you know, yeah. we, we, we're sitting here, we've got every right to kick off. We were 3-0 down at half-time, but we had some half-chances. You know, Saar, I think Saar looked the most dangerous for us and probably yeah, looked like the only one that man. was actually, like, half-arsed about actually putting the performance in. Um, he should have done better, I believe it was in the first half, where he's hit it down low and... Um, and Fabianski has almost said Al Mooney then. Uh, mind you, he probably <laughs> could have played in goal for West Ham last night. But um, yeah, Fabianski saved it with his feet. And then the rebound from Cleverly was blocked. So, yeah. you know, we, we, we had half chances. Yeah, and yeah if that had gone had in, the head, head went over as well. So we exactly. did great chances in that first half. It wasn't all defensive uh, problems. We did, we did create some chances. We just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Yeah, but unfortunately, ifs and buts and whatnot, you know, 3-0 down at half-time is unacceptable. Like, yeah, unacceptable. And the body language from every single player in the Watford shirt in that first mm-hmm. half was was awful. Yeah. I was fully expecting Troy to rally up the troops, especially if we went down 1-0. I, th- I thought he was non-existent in the first half. I, I was looking at him, hoping for him to just put his arm around someone and just 
maybe just sort of give him a push and say, come on, just well, pull your <laughs> finger out. There was, there was nothing. There was no leadership on that pitch yesterday. No. I, I wanted to talk to you about Troy. I was going to talk to you about him in a minute because he was. Uh, we started off the second half as, uh, as, as normal. I think we can put the first half behind us. I don't really want to relive that too much because to go 3-0 down against a fellow relegation struggler, um, <laughs> 3-0 at half-time, it's not great, is it? But second half, we do what Watford do. We come out the blocks and we just look like, OK, OK, we're getting somewhere. We're putting a few passes together. We're looking good. Troy Deeney scored. He scored, again, back-to-back goals. Uh, I think that's the first time he's done it. Um, I did have a... 2018, I've seen. 2018. We love a stat on this show. We love them. (laughs) He scored in consecutive Premier League matches for the first time since March 2018. Um, So, and also uh, another stat which will bring us right back down to reality. That was actually us losing the fifth consecutive Premier League away game for the first time since May 2018. So, uh, we'll we'll level it out there. But, yeah. um, It's... It was a good start, second half. We we do what Watford does, Ben, and we come out the blocks and we look like we wanted it. A little too late at 3-0, but maybe there was a little bit of, OK, we're 3-0 down. Let's try and protect the goal difference, which I want to touch on in a little bit. But let's just protect the goal difference. If we can get one back, brilliant. If we can get two back, brilliant. If we'd have got a second goal, I'm telling you now, West Ham, and excuse my language, but West Ham would have shit themselves. Yeah. Definitely, um, West Ham would have would have been nervous. They they looked nervous at three one when we were turning yeah. it on second half. They looked like they, they was getting deeper and deeper, and they was yeah. allowing us to have the ball. But yeah, uh, for the first for our um, goal back, Decore great run from midfield, and that's 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 Decore at his best. He yeah. wasn't great first half, but second half he looked like he turned it on, and he was like, well, I need to pull up my sleeve as well. He saw Sar was doing it in the first half. He's like, we need to help Sar out here. So he, he he got ballsy second half. He amazing run from midfield, and it's unfortunate it came, it hit the post. And I thought when it hit the post, I thought, oh great, there goes our opportunity. But luckily Troy came in, he right place at the right time, and that was a calm finish from Troy. That was very good. From finish. what happened last week, last um, against Newcastle, when he had the ball in the, the centre of the, oh, yeah. the goal, and he Don't hit it straight down me. the keeper and saved it. Very, he could have done exactly the same there, but a very composed finish from Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, to, to to kind of get us back in the game at three one. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. I, I just want to say as well that finish from Troy, very very cool, very calm as well. And uh, a lot of people, I think, would have perhaps expected Troy to miss that because he's getting a lot of stick at the moment. But just rewinding right to the start now, Ben. Where in terms of you sitting there. Well, you've you've got your your stir fry on your lap, Ben. Yeah, that sound yes, familiar. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> you've uh, you, you're waiting for the team news to come in. It hits seven o'clock, and you see that Troy starting. When there was a few murmurs that he might be missing out because of his knee, and we know obviously he has to get his knee drained, and he had that tape on there. Would you have risked him because it's a big game? Can you see where Pearson's coming from? Do you think? Because I'll tell you my view before you you give me yours. I understand that Troy's not being at his best, but I do also understand that we're not playing to the strengths. We're playing him up top on his own, which he can't do. And secondly, yes, a lot of people say that he's lost it and they don't think he should be captain, which I'm sure you'll touch upon in this podcast, but he is the captain. You're not going to drop your captain for the biggest game of the season. So I think that is why Pearson has put him in. What, what were your thoughts when you saw his name on the team sheet? 
I'm exactly with you, mate. I, I, I love Troy Deeney. I love what he's done for his football club. Yeah. But knowing that he's got a knee issue, do I want him to risk it and potentially end his career? Um, mm-hmm. Do I want him to put himself at risk and Watford at risk for him playing at being like maybe 60, 70%? No. Um, I don't think it was right to start him yesterday if he's carrying an injury. You, If this was... September time, we're only like a month into the season and Troy's got a knee injury. He won't be playing at all. Uh, it's only because we are desperate. And and you t- to touch on about his leadership as well. Um, we'd, we'd need him in the side for bring his leadership. Um, I didn't see any leadership from him yesterday, I'm afraid, mate. Um, first half, non-existent. Like I was saying, I wanted him to rally for troops. Yep. Didn't really see that yesterday from him. And for for a captain, I think that's quite unacceptable. To be fair, especially mm-hmm. in the dog fight, I saw more leaders on the pitch second half yesterday. Hughesy, he he upped his game second half. Um, well, whilst we're on the subject of Hughesy, everyone's pretty much seen the clip. I don't know if we've put it out on the Twitter, but uh, if not, I'll make sure that we get it put out on the Twitter. But. He seems to be the only one that's interested in... Well, not interested. I suppose nobody does after you've just lost. But he seems to be the only one that's actually doing interviews after games now. But whatever it is, he gets it. He understands. Like, he doesn't come out with his bullshit of... There's all these cliches like, oh, we just focus on the next game. Yeah, we should have won. He's disappointing. He tells it how it is. He tells it straight. Now, I love Troy. We, we we spoke on this podcast at length about how much I love Troy. But Troy's last interview didn't put him in great light, saying that we need a light bulb moment. That wasn't the most cleverest of moves. Now, granted, we then went on to beat Newcastle and Norwich and things were looking a lot more rosy. But we, when you've just lost a game like that, you want people to be honest. Hughes come out and did the most honest interview ever. You really, you want that coming from Troy. Yes. And but, and you want that coming from Pearson as well. Yeah. Pearson was asked after a match if that was unacceptable. He wouldn't answer it. He wouldn't yeah. come out and say, yeah, that was unacceptable. Shusey came out and he said exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Look, we know the players care. You don't want to go out and you don't want to lose games. But this showing that you care and saying that you care. There's players saying they care, but not showing they care and that's what we're seeing at the moment people need to buck up their ideas if they care about this football club and I'm afraid there's only one or two that's actually showing they actually care for this club at the moment yeah no do you know what I I totally agree and uh, somebody made a very interesting point on Twitter whereas sort of we're all scratching our heads as Watford fans thinking where has this gone wrong? Like we were in an FA Cup final last season and we narrowly missed out on um, the on, on Europe. Europa League as well. Like, uh, where has it gone so wrong? And somebody made the point of, obviously there was that big fallout about the bonuses. Are players still maybe peed off about that? And look, I just think that there's a, for a team that's got such a, um, a family sort of core, the team that Graham Taylor built up, it was all about in the community, very close to the players, players fighting for that jersey. And then we're just seeing players like playing at the moment that look like they don't give a crap. Like yeah. If Graham Taylor's watching from down below now, he's, gonna, he's he'd be fuming. If 
if he was in that dressing room now, he would give them the bollocking of their life. I understand Pearson does that at half-time because that's what Hughesy says. It's no good doing it when you're 3-0 down in the first half. It's just unacceptable. The fact that they, we went into that West Ham game, it was such a big game, right? If we'd have won that, we were all but safe. I will yeah. never, ever sit here and say, okay, you, like, we could be on, you know, we could be a point from safety, right? And pretty much everyone down below us could have the hardest games in the in the world. And I'd still sit there till I'm blue in the face. Until it's mathematically possible, I will not accept anything for granted. But let's be frank, if we'd had won that, we would have been all but safe, right? So to go into a game, we'd beaten Newcastle 2-1. Newcastle, who have looked well this good this season. We've beaten Norwich 2-1, just. It doesn't matter. It's how you get the results as long as you get them, right? Just to beat, like, these... It's just frustrating and it's hard to put into words. I find myself a lot on this podcast struggling to find the words to sort of describe things. And when you're putting in performances like that, it is very hard to sum up, but it's just unacceptable. Like, I... We've got Man City and Arsenal next. I, I put a tweet out last night and... Um, do you not think it would be typical? I, I don't want to jinx anything. In fact, I'm sat at a wooden table, so that's me slapping it. Touch wood, right? I don't jinx it. But wouldn't it be typical, Ben, of Watford to go and pick something up out of either the Man City or Arsenal game? Would, would, would that not be such a Watford thing to do? It, w- it would be. Um, we've done it in the past. I think yeah. Beverly did an uh, interview after the game yesterday and he touched upon that we've beaten big size before. And I, I, I actually a quick from you last night as well. And it, it is a big believer of, yeah, City's a massive side and they're unplayable, but out of a hundred times, we could beat them that once. Huh. And maybe yeah. Tuesday night will be that one time that we do beat them. So I'm with your dad on that. <laughs> anything can go, anything can happen in football. We, we beat Liverpool at home. Um, I don't think it will happen Tuesday, but anything no. can happen. Well, this is it. You know, they've, they've got a FA Cup semi-final uh, today on Saturday as we record this. Um, obviously, they're going to put of, all their I'm big guns I'm kind of annoyed out. that they, um, they rested a lot of players for a Bournemouth game as well. Uh, but in a relegation fight, for them to rest a lot of players as well, I, I think that shows a lot of disrespect to other teams fighting down the bottom. Bournemouth yeah. almost got a point out of that game. And I know they've got a big semi-final game against Arsenal um, yeah. this weekend and then they've got us a few days after if they want to show us a bit of respect they, should, they play the same team that they did against Bournemouth against us don't bring back Kevin De Bruyne and Sterling I just thought that was very disrespectful to Guardiola um, for, you, you did scare for, me then Ben I thought you was going to say, show us a bit of respect, bring back the big guns and play a strong side against us I was like no, 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 no do not do uh, that <laughs> no, not at all. If, if if he feels he can put out a side like that against Bournemouth who are fighting um, to stay up, yep. that gave Bournemouth a bit of confidence going into the game, seeing that there was no De Bruyne in the pitch. Mm-hmm. He needs to do the same against us. If he plays an absolute strong side against us, I think City have shit right all over us. Yeah. If he wants to stick, Pep, if you're listening, if you want to stick um, <laughs> Scott Carson in goal, um, we, we're happy for you to do so. We, we we do think he needs to get some minutes, and you know, I'm it's sure a bit unfair a that bloke. he hasn't got any exactly. Yeah, yeah, it is so unfair. He deserves it, to start. He does, and look, you know, he's he he was an ex England goalkeeper at Liverpool. He's 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 done his rounds, and I think it would just be a shame if you didn't start in Pep. That's what I'm saying. 
just give him a chance on on, on Tuesday night, please. Up <laughs> but, front. Yeah, yeah, up front. Yeah, Man City have played a goalie up front before. In fact, yeah. get Stuart Pearce back in. Get Stuart yeah. Pearce. I've heard he's and actually David looking James. for work. David James David is doing James? nothing. He's bankrupt. He needs some money. Yeah, just bring them on. back, Pep. Come if you're listening, bring season, them back, yeah. please. I'm sure he is listening, mate. Yeah, no, I'm sure he is. He's having his cornflakes at the moment, sat in his 17 bedroom house in Manchester, <laughs> overlooking uh, I, I don't know the Etihad, and he's uh, he's got voices of the Vic on. Drop us a follow on Twitter, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, going back to uh, we, we we always do that, Ben. We always seem to go off topic. But uh, let's go back on topic. But let's not talk about the game anymore. I'm 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 done with that. That that was. Can I talk about wrong. one thing about the game? What is it? Why take the Corey off? Okay, yeah. And while we're at it, we'll talk about in a minute the uh, the striking options that this club has. But um. <laughs> What yeah, no. <laughs> exactly, Ben. But yeah, why why take the core off? Absolutely, for, for Chalaber. Would you have taken um, cleverly off and brought Chalaber on, and then put yeah. Chalaber and Hughes together, and then switched the core back up? Is that what you would 100%, have done? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. this is another example of Pearson's substitutions when he's Watford manager. He's never done a positive substitution. Whenever he's done a substitution for us, I always like he's, he's taking us backwards. Hollabas come on against Southampton. He crossed it in and we'd scored an own goal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know All what right. you mean, though. It is bad. Nin- like- 99% of the time, <laughs> uh, his substitutions have killed momentum in games, haven't they? Oh, do you know who I think? momentum yesterday. I think he's, he's sort of pulled Jao Pedro's pants down a little bit, so to speak. Jao Pedro, I thought, yes, he's coming on. I looked at the clock. There's five minutes left. I'm like, what is he going to do in five minutes? Well, he tried to bang one in the top corner, didn't he? But oh, he, Christ, he, yeah. He would normally put that in row Z of the normal Oh, actually. Put it in row A of the... <laughs> it's funny you say that, Ben. I'm just looking up my window. It's just landed in my back garden. Oh. Oh, okay. Are you sure? <laughs> no, that, it was awful, though. It was. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I love the kids a bit, but he... he um, it was it was not great. <laughs> I, I um, get a sense of watching him sometimes. That he's just running around like 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 you and me. If we if we got the opportunity yeah, yeah. to play the Premier League, it's like a dog, like a head, yeah, you run yeah, yeah. Like a headless like chicken, a dog, or dog like chasing a, dog, a pigeon like, or something, man. He's just been taken off the lead, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, 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 oh. He, he doesn't <laughs> doesn't understand a word of English, and you can hear Nigel Pearson barking. Go on, Joe. Go on, Joe. I'm thinking you got you got to give him more than that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Stick Gomez on the touchline. Let him shout some Portuguese. Like, I'm Fair thinking, play to him, though. He yeah. absolutely loves it, don't he? And we, That's we the want to work for him. You, you will get players like that that come on and they will literally just run and run and run and run. And that is what you need when you're chasing a game. You need players yeah. that ain't going to give up. So bring him on, yes. But don't bring him on with five minutes to go. You know... I, I think it was... It, it was a little harsh on the lad, wasn't it? I think so. Um, even more so that he brought Troy Deeney off. Not a problem because he's got an injury. You know, he, he might want to save him for a couple of other games. But he brings on Andre Gray. Now, we've spoke about Andre Gray on this podcast before. I don't want to touch too much on it because I'll get into trouble. But just in case someone's listening. I don't know who, but just in case... But let's just say my views on Andre Gray are very strong. I don't think he's very good, basically. Um, 
when I saw Andre ground the touchline, I actually ran upstairs, grabbed my boots and asked my mum if she could drop me off at the London Stadium, uh, hoping that Pearson had let me on instead of him. But, like, just what does he offer, Ben? If you can actually, if you can see something different to me, please enlighten me. Because at the moment, um, I'm struggling. I'm sort of running around like a blue-ass fly, looking like, what, what the hell? <laughs> um, we're, we're scratching off heads, aren't we? Um, yeah. We had a, a chat in the group, uh, our uh, Watford group ch- uh, WhatsApp chat yesterday, weren't we? Yep. Um, and they was asking what he brings. And you said, to give him credit, he did very well at Brentford, uh, which he did. <laughs> And yeah. then I, my reply was, to be fair, I think he's done very well with his misses. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the only thing I can maybe give him credit for. Um, yeah. Last season, yes, he was good. Um, helped us get to Wembley uh, FA Cup final. This season, I don't know if he's been given the opportunity to play or not, but whenever he has, he's looked like a conference player. Um, he, he hasn't looked great, has he? He, he hasn't, from this season, Like it's almost as if something's happened behind the scenes that we don't know of, because he scored a lot of important goals last season. Let's let's not forget that. And you've just touched on it there. You know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have got to the FA Cup final. Um, the thing that makes me laugh about Andre Gray, if, if you get time, mind you, it won't be a long clip because he don't bloody score many, but if you get time, have a look at his goals that he scored for Watford on YouTube. He's never hit one cleanly. They all nice. miss hits and they go That's, in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when, I, when I was working for my old employee there was a Brentford fan there and he says he never strikes a ball cleanly but no. somehow he, he just slices them in the back of the net but he's exactly. always offside as well yeah yeah but I, I don't know what he brings and look I get that he's going to bring off Troy because he's like cope, he's, he's injured and whatnot. but who else has he got on the bench like he actually has nobody else. You're not going to, unless you were to put, the only possible thing I could have thought, which would have got a lot of moans as well, put Welbeck Central and forget about João Pedro because he come on later on, but put Welbeck in the centre and then put Pereira out on the left. That's yeah, the only other thing. Or maybe Pesetto as well. Yeah, it's a shame we've got injuries as well because if, if it weren't for Isaac's success getting injured, I, I would have, brought him on to replace yep. Troy, someone who's big and physical and probably would have done a bit more of a physical job up there instead of Andre Gray, which is just like, it was just pointless, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you might as well play with least. 10 men. Yeah, no, very much. I think Hayden Mullins was seen getting his boots on at one stage. He wouldn't have done any yeah. But um, no, I, I think we've we've touched on all we can on the game and I just want to touch on very quickly, Ben. Um I don't want to really read these out because it just makes it more depressing. I have always said from the start, I've never accepted that we're going to go down. I think we're at an uphill battle now. That goal difference has taken a, not a battering, but we've got Man City and Arsenal coming up. So I'll read the table as it stands. 15th, West Ham, 37 points. 16th, Brighton, 37 points. 17th, Watford, 34 points with a goal difference of minus 23. 18th, Bournemouth with 31 points, goal difference of minus 25. 19th, Aston Villa, 31 points with a goal difference of minus 27. So we've got a goal difference which is better by two than Bournemouth and our goal difference is better by four than Aston Villa. Slight, sl- the slight snag is, God, that was almost a slip of the tongue, um, is that we've got to play Man City and Arsenal. Now, Man City, I'll take a 5-0 at best because Man City hammer us. 
And also, like we've said, my dad did put a tweet out. You could play City a hundred times. You're bound to win or draw one of them. And we'll take that on Tuesday. Bournemouth have got um, Southampton on Sunday and nobody seems to be pointing it out. Why is nobody pointing this out? Southampton and Bournemouth are rivals. Southampton are shit hot away. Bournemouth, okay, they've been good of late, but Southampton will want to beat them because they will want to relegate them. Albeit, if they did lose, it won't relegate them because we didn't win. But albeit, like, they will want to relegate them. So why is nobody pointing it out? Everyone's saying, oh, I think Bournemouth are going to get a point. I think they're going to beat Southampton. I don't think they will. Southampton will be up, bang up for this. Danny Ings hat-trick. You heard it here first. Um, and then, so Bournemouth have got them. And then I believe they've got Everton. Now, they've got Everton. I don't know if they're home or away. Either way. I, away. I, is it away? Yeah. <laughs> that's the one that scares me, right? And I think they'll win that, which... I, I'll be honest here, I don't think we'll win against Man City or Arsenal. That's the God's honest truth. So we'll stand 34 points. Bournemouth, they'll lose to Southampton, but they'll beat Everton. They're on 34 points, so it goes down to goal difference. We need to make sure it's damage limitation against Man City and Arsenal. And then you've got Aston Villa, who play on Tuesday after us, thanks Sky, um, against Arsenal at home. Now, Arsenal... They'll want to go. For, I think they've still got a slim chance of getting Europa League, but either way, they'll want to finish above Spurs. So they're not completely like, on the holidays yet. And then they've got West Ham away. So West Ham may be on the holidays because they're practically safe now. So if they win that, it's 34 points. And again, goal difference. Basically, because I'm a bit conscious about time, straight, simple question Do you think it will come down to goal difference? That's your first yes. question. Yes. And then second question, if it does, do you think we will stay up? No, I think we're going to go down. Um, Who stays up? I think it's going to be exactly the same as what happened on the last day of the season when we got promoted. We were top of the table. We were all ready to run onto the pitch and celebrate that. We got promoted. We were halfway Uh, down the concourse, Ben, me and you. We we were. We were about to go in. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exactly the same. We're going to be ready to pop the corks stay up in their premiership but um, Bournemouth are going to pip us last minute and Bournemouth are going to stay up goal difference just like they beat us for the title for year um, we got promoted uh, you can just see it happening don't I I, I I actually thought about that the other day I thought wouldn't it just be typical if Bournemouth pip it at the last minute like a last yeah. minute goal and you know what it it'll can... be last minute and VAR will it'll be the most clear and obvious offside handball whatever but VAR will just be like Nah, go on, give it him. It's Bournemouth. Give it him. But, yeah, I, I I, don't... I'm not one of these Watford fans that seems to be okay with playing in the Championship. Yeah, the Championship's great. You know, great away days. Obviously, more games as well. Um, cheap booze, because more, more teams up north as well. Um, <laughs> you, you know, Tuesday night games, Tuesday away at Wickham, for example. You know, you can't beat those games under the lights. But... I'm sorry, I'm being a bit of a spoiled child here. I don't want to win our uh, Premier League Association. No way. I want my team to play in the elite league for as long as possible. Right? It took us bloody ages to get back up. So I'm not ready to go back down yet. And I really, really hope that we don't. Um, It is literally scaring the living daylights out of me that this could come down to goal difference. Because like I say, we're only two ahead of Bournemouth and four ahead of Villa. 
Now, yeah. hopefully uh, Bournemouth uh, can take a bit of a hammering on Sunday, which might relieve a little bit of stress. And then hopefully Aston Villa can also take a bit of a hammering against Arsenal. But all I'm going to say is, you know, if it goes down to last game, which I think it will now, and we stay up, um, anyone that listens to this will do a live podcast straight from the pond. Ben won't be joining, unfortunately, because he'll be on a... He's on baby duty, possibly. Is that right, Ben? Have I got that right? What, in the last day of the season? Yeah. Uh, it's actually my missus' baby shower that day as well. So baby shower. So, um, there we go. I Ben's... Date, <laughs> but, uh... Ben's not actually going to be watching any football on the last day of the season. So, last day of the season, if we stay up, I will come down to Watford. We'll, I'll do a live podcast from the pond. We'll obviously get in the pond and we'll have a load of beer. So, there, we'll pencil it in your diaries, right? Sunday, I will be down. But, yeah, I... I'd... I think we've talked enough today about the performance and the situation at hand. But have you got any last sort of last thoughts, Ben, about this? Um, Can you see any last twist in the tails? Or don't really see any twist in the tails. I think last night the Hammers literally did put the, the, the nail in the coffin for Watford last night. Um, mm-hmm. Regardless what division we're going to be in next season, we just need to press the restart. Uh, button and we just need to we need to get a lot of deadwood out of the club because I think that's what's holding us back at the moment yeah I totally agree and also if we do start off the new season in the new um, in the championship as much as we rant and we rave on this podcast I'm sure I'll speak for Ben as well I'll certainly be there yes I don't want to go down but this club has got my has had my love since my first ever game and it doesn't matter whether in the Prem or League Two, I'm still going to be supporting Watford, still be going to, going to be going week in, week out. So, you know, I'm more than happy to to sit here and slag us off about how crap we were and how much, you know, it disheartens me as a Watford fan. But I'll guarantee you now, I will be there next season supporting us no matter what division we're in. And I think that yeah. speaks for a lot of true Watford fans as well. Because I think yeah, there's definitely. some Watford fans out there that are more than happy to just watch us in the Premier League. It will be interesting to see if we do go down, if the attendance drops again. And if it does, shame on you, Watford fans, because you this is such a family club, you stick with us through thick and thin. Yeah, no, I totally agree, mate. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, who renews their season ticket next season if we do yep. get relegated. I think it'll be a lot easier to get away tickets um, for next season oh, as well. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a very, a very good point to uh, to end on as well. So, we've kept it nice and brief, as brief as we can. Uh, and yeah, apologies about the language. If you've got any little ones that listen, uh, apologies, but can't be helped when you're watching performances like that. We'll be back. Just trying to think. We're playing on Tuesday now. We'll be back in midweek to bring you our thoughts on the Manchester City game. Hopefully, it's not too much of a drubbing and, you know, hopefully results have gone our way because Villa do play that evening as well. And uh, we'll reassess come Tuesday night and the picture might be clearer. Who knows? But um, but for now, thank you very much for listening as always. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget, we're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Voices of the Vic for Twitter and Instagram and the Voices of the Vic for Facebook. 
go and drop us a like on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And our personal Twitter handles are in the bios of Twitter and Instagram as well. So if you want, go and follow us as well. But yeah, for now, it's a shame that we have to dissect the defeat. But hopefully in a few weeks, maybe I'm clutching at straws, but it will be good news and we'll still be a Premier League supporting team. So yeah, from me and Ben, thank you very much for tuning in and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.